You're live with Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. I'm Rachel and this is Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. So this week we're going to be talking about lots of different things that have been happening. And you might find some moments where you're thinking, me too. Um, and Kate, hello, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. I'm excited to be here with you and, and those who to listen into our program. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, it's a, it's a particularly exciting week for me because, Kate, you're going to be joining me on my retreat in May and... I'm so excited Yay. about that. I'm going to be able to meet you in person after all these years. Mm. <laughs> um, it's so exciting. So I'm I'm very happy because I'm looking forward to that. And I think it's good today to start to talk about some stuff that, I mean, I don't know about you, Kate, but I've been talking to so many people, clients and friends that are, they, they probably don't go around waving a flag saying, I'm spiritual, but they consider themselves to, you know, be more spiritually aware or, you know, compassionate or empathically more sensitive than most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been hearing it so much, and I've been experiencing it too, that I think we'll start to talk about some of the physical symptoms everyone's been experiencing. Now, I think we may have talked on the last show a little bit about some of the things that were going on in December, where it seems like a great many of us were experiencing some kind of shift that was a bit uncomfortable physically. I know mine was. Um, it manifested with me and a lot of other people as physical discomfort when eating, um, especially when eating meat. Um, I'm now probably about four weeks in, maybe longer, to not eating meat at the moment. I'm not declaring myself a vegetarian yet, but it's very much a case of if I eat meat, I just don't feel well, and it's immediate. Mm. Um, And it then causes problems as it, you know, travels through. So a lot of people were reporting that. A lot of people have been reporting an elevated heart rate to the point where Sometimes it's waking us at night. Um, Mine isn't doing that anymore. It did for about three weeks in December, but it stopped now. Um, People getting quite scared about that. Some people even going to the emergency room or A&E to get themselves checked out because of it. And it always turns out that there's no physical issue that, you know, the heart is healthy. So that was that. Now I'm finding... I can't even look at meat <laughs> without mm. thinking. Whereas before, I was I was my father's daughter, a full-on carnivore. You know, I enjoyed good, well-reared meat. You know, a piece of steak or a bit of beef on a Sunday. You know, Sunday roast. That was something that I always enjoyed to the point of if I saw a really good arty picture, you know, like food porn picture of mm-hmm. <laughs> some, you know something like that, I'd be like, oh, and I'd actually salivate. Now I actually look at those pictures and they make me feel crazy. Well, I don't know what mm. that's about because it's certainly not a mental shift into, a, you know, muted murder. Not at all. And I respect everyone's choice for that. But 
I don't know what that is. I don't think I can label it, but that's certainly happening. And I've spoken to several other people that have been really shocked that it's affected them the same way. Um, also, really sensitive joints and teeth. My joints are sensitive anyway because I do have arthritis and it's reactive arthritis. So if I get a virus or something, my joints tend to go into meltdown because my immune system likes to attack them. Great. So <laughs> with that given, even more so than usual, I've really been having to put extra healing work into myself um, mm -hmm. and extra nutrition in order to combat that. So, Kate, have you been suffering some of the same things? Well, it's interesting. As far as the meat's concerned, I've just kind of gone the other way where I crave like a hamburger. And mm. I, if I don't have one, or maybe I should say, and then if I get one, I feel more grounded and I feel better. Um, but if I don't, then, you know, it's like I just keep craving it. It's kind of weird. Um, so I think it, it, for me it's, it's helping me to be a little more grounded. Um, but, but the oh, my goodness, the other, the joints aching and, and my teeth hurt. Yeah, that this whole last week, maybe a week and a half, I've been experiencing that for no apparent reason. You know, there's no reason for me to be experiencing that. It's not like I've been climbing any 14ers here in Colorado or anything like that. It's just basic going up and down the stairs. There's no reason for my joints to hurt. And, and then also I've been experiencing just extreme fatigue. If I sit down for very long, I can go to sleep sitting up. And that's not normal for me. <laughs> my husband, yes, <laughs> but not for me. <laughs> So that it, and you know, like you, I've, I've talked with other people. Nobody else has got the meat craving but me. <laughs> but the other things, the the exhaustion, and some oh, even some dizziness. I've even had some dizziness. Um, the other day, Fred and I went into um, a store, and they had their shelves were suspended from the feet, the ceiling, and I reached over and touched something that was on the shelf. And, of course, the shelf started moving, and, oh, my gosh, I had this wave of, I, I, it, was, it was as if I was on a boat, and it was horrible waves. It was, it was awful, and I had to grab hold of Fred's arm. I said, is that shelf moving? And he said, yeah, it is. I said, good, because I thought it was me. And it just <laughs> hit me. You know, my eyes were seeing something that my body was taking in the wrong way. And I didn't expect that, so I didn't touch anything else in there. <laughs> but, yeah, some really kind of weird stuff that there's no physical reason for. So, you know, I'm not alarmed that I need to go see a doctor or anything like that because I know this is going to pass for me. But, you know, if you're experiencing these things and you are concerned, you should definitely go see your doctor. But, you know, evaluate, is this something that is just happening across the planet or is this something that, that I need to look into because I've got a physical thing going on with me? Yeah, I agree thoroughly there with the advice on, you know, make sure you do get yourself checked out. It's just, it's so bizarre that I'm, you know, people are just telling me that they've been feeling this certain way and it's very specific. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm I'm experiencing it too, so... I mean, my take on it, and a few people have asked me, you know, what is it? Um, my take on it is this. Um, 
there's a lot of talk about, you know, fifth dimensional ascension and, you know, energies moving and being labelled. I honestly think that spiritually we are being prepared, those of us who, who want to be compassionate, empathic people that, that you know, find it difficult at the moment to be around people who aren't, especially the way the world's going politically right now. Mm-hmm. We are being emboldened, we are being protected, and we're having our energy changed. Think about it like spiritual armour. That's the way I feel it is. It's necessary physical discomfort whilst we go through some kind of etheric body level change. You know, so we're mm-hmm. talking about the spirit, the auric field being changed so that we can deal with and adapt to what's happening right now. Because mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's like we're going back to the dark ages in some respects and there's a lot of angry energy flying around. And I think that some of us need that extra armour in order to be able to process things and deal with stuff. Um, some people aren't staying gone. You know, you disconnect for some, from someone that's toxic in your life and you've done all you need to do in order to say, okay, sayonara, don't want you mm-hmm. in my life anymore. They're not mm-hmm. staying gone. People keep popping back like a bad penny. So... <laughs> Um, a good thing to do would be a cord cutting exercise as well. So if you guys out there are experiencing some of these things we've been talking about, I would recommend definitely doing some kind of chakra cleansing, meditation, focusing on your breath. But I'd also recommend just doing some cord cutting. If you're finding that some people just won't leave your life or they keep coming back, some cord cutting is a very, very good thing to do. And it's very simple. Um, you can call him Archangel Michael to help you with that as well. So mm. don't worry if you're experiencing these things and you are otherwise normally healthy. This is something that, when I believe great things often are uncomfortable when we get a good end result. Sometimes the process can be demanding, it can be disconcerting and it can make us feel less than good whilst it's happening. And then when you come out the other side of it, you feel amazing. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's going on, I really do. And I can totally relate to the chronic fatigue thing because I do suffer bouts of that from time to time anyway. Not so much now I don't work as a medium, but when I did, wow, that used to affect me deeply. Um, but the chronic fatigue, I have had a couple of waves of that. So I can relate to that too. So we have got, I mean, it's a strange time of year anyway if people are affected by seasonal affective disorder, you know, because the sea, you know, there's not as much sunlight at the moment, depending on where you are in the world, of course, <laughs> here in the UK, it's a bit dark at the moment. So you can be affected by that, sure, and that's, that's normal. But if you're finding it's affecting you more so than usual, then I think it's down to this spiritual shift. You may mm-hmm. even find as well people that are um, a bit, you know, drama-ridden and toxic, they're getting worse at the moment. I don't know if you've noticed that too, but I certainly have that the people that like to bring the drama and the people that like to thrive on making others feel like crap, they, they are having a particularly great time of it at the moment by um, doing that. So put your shields up, people. Make sure you protect yourself with visualisation and energy work and just ride out the storm. It's okay and we will be okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, so some of the other things that, that I've been experiencing is are, you know, just having trouble focusing. You know, you sit down to focus mm-hmm. on something and, and it's just you just can't do it. And, you know, doing some, like Rachel just said, some doing your practicing your breathing exercises and, and doing some grounding, clearing your chakras, putting up the shield so that, you know, the outside world's energy that's negative doesn't affect you. Filling your room with angels. Um, <clears throat> I've, um, yeah, I've been experiencing, it's, it's a lot of stuff. You know, I had, a few years ago um, we were going through, the, uh, you know, it's been going on for a long time, but, you know, it, it, there are pockets of time where this, all these symptoms, it's, it's nausea, it's exhaustion, it's achy joints, uh, like we mentioned teeth hurting. I mean, it's just weird. Um, cravings for different kinds of foods or the avoidance of certain foods. You know, our bodies are changing and we're, you know, we've been asking for this forever to have that clarity of thought, to have that connection with, you know, the higher energy so that we can create happier, better lives that are more based in love than fear. You know, throughout humanity, fear has been a driving force through everything. And we're shifting into love being the driving force, which is what we've asked for all this time. And you know, when we do that, when we the more light we bring in, all the darkness gets revealed because it can no longer hide. And we don't, you know, <laughs> on the one hand, this is what we've all been asking for, but on the other hand, it's like, no, no, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to hear it. But it forces us to make decisions on, do I want to, do, do I believe in this? Do I not believe in this? Am I going to support this? Am I not going to support this? And what energy are we going to be in? And, you know, we're ready for this. We're ready. And when we, you know, as things progress and our bodies acclimate to that higher vibration of love energy and our lights shine even brighter, I, I just have to believe that it's, it's going to be easier for those of us who have held to that light and stay in that light. You know, we have friends that aren't, maybe aren't um, moving as quickly as we are, or maybe they're fighting it tooth and nail, and they're holding on to the darkness. And sometimes we have to choose. Are we going to stay with them, or are we going to continue moving into the light that we want to be in? And sometimes we don't want to let those people go, but in order to stay in our own light and and hold our own vision, we have to let them go. And like Rachel was speaking of earlier, that, you know, we can cut those cords and just bless them on their way and hold them in that light of love, and that's all we can do. Mm. But we're at that time now that we're having to make decisions. What do you think, Rachel? It really, Yeah, it really does feel like that, that it is. In some situations that, you know, it's intolerable to let some connections continue. And it's got to the point where you're just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to drown with them, so I need to cut that cord. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they, they're they not in a, in a place yet where they're ready to admit that they have issues or that they are responding to life in a, you know, in a, in a reactive way rather than choosing how to react to what happens to them. 
and there are some people that are that they're having that happen to them but they have also having an epiphany where they're like okay well i don't want this to continue i don't like who i am i don't like Mm -hmm. who i'm becoming i want to help i want to get help with that and i want to change so there's there's a, a very distinct sort of like there's one camp and then there's another at the moment there seems to be no middle ground which there usually is um yeah what i'd like to do if um you feel we've got time i've actually got um a cord cutting with Archangel Michael meditation recording that I'd, I'd love to share with everybody it is available on my website to download but that's at a, at a small fee but I'd like to share it with everyone today if that's okay oh I'd love that awesome so should we do that now sure let's do it right so if you're listening out there and you want to take part just make sure that you're really comfortable preferably somewhere undisturbed and quiet, or if you've got something, if you're listening with earphones in, that's even better. So I'm going to play this meditation. If you are going about your normal daily business, it, don't worry, you won't um, <laughs> you won't go off somewhere or have problems operating machinery. This is just some an exercise, really, a visualisation in your mind that will help you to cut cords. So I'm going to hit the play button. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this will work. It just this is spontaneous, off the cuff. Just had the idea to do it. So we'll see if this works. Rachel, can you turn that up just a little bit? Or a lot? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The technical hitch. One moment. What I'm going to do is try and play it through another medium. So let's talk in the meantime whilst I get the technology to work. <laughs> For some reason, well, I'm I can, not playing very I can hear it, but it's very faint. Um, you hadn't started speaking yet, correct? No, there were words supposed to be coming out by that point. There you go. Technology and me having a bright idea off the cuff. (laughs) Not a good idea. That's okay. We'll work it out. (laughs) Let's talk a bit more whilst I'm sorting out the actual um, technology of this. So, I mean, I I work with Archangel Michael a lot. I don't know if you do, Kate. Do you work with Mm -hmm. him often? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's my go-to guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely with me, too. Um, I often find that he he just brings that really bold, powerful energy. I mean, in the Bible, he's referred to the Prince of the Heavenly Armies. So mm-hmm. he really is. You know, it's like, okay, we need someone to come in that's no nonsense, that's not going to mess around. Who do we call upon? Yeah, there we go. And we can even mm-hmm. borrow his armor as well. So yeah. it's really, you know, it's a wonderful thing that we are able to call upon him. Yeah, I found that he has he has a really awesome sense of humor too. A little bit dry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have an idea about something and he'll go, really? (laughs) Yeah, it's like when I'm doing cleansing, it'll be, you know, you can almost sense that he's rolling his eyes when you've got an earthbound spirit that's just been a bit naughty. You know, Mm -hmm. they say, oh, come on. (laughs) You know I'm going to take you out of here if you don't come willingly. Just get on, you know. (laughs) You can feel that sometimes, which is really cool. And I'm having a technical issue with the sound on that, so I think we'll work on that for next time. So I can't get it to play any louder than it would. For some reason, it's coming through really quietly. But we'll do that next time, definitely. So sorry about that, folks. That was a wonderful technical hitch live and all that. So um, have we got anyone waiting on the phone lines, Kate? Well, we've got some people on the phone, but nobody's raised their hand. If you have a question, please push star 2 on your phone, aha, they pushed star two. Okay, here's one. Um, the last four numbers are 8292, uh, bringing you on the line. Hi, what's your name? Hi, my name is Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi. Do I ask a question or like a um, question? What's the deal here? Today. Well, we don't we don't do angel readings or uh, mediumship readings, but we do answer questions. Um, anything that we can do to support you to help make your life easier. Um, what was your question? I don't have one. Then thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, and hope you'd like uh, continue to listen in. Okay. Okay. Looks like no one else has a question right now. So. Um, Hmm. Uh, Rachel, I know you've been doing so a lot of work um, this year. Um, I'm still kind of on sabbatical, but <laughs> Rachel's been working very hard uh, building some new programs. Would you like to share any of those with us? Yeah, I mean, this week I've been um, I've been working on writing and recording some more meditations um, as part of some online courses that I'm going to be offering. Um, a lot of people so far I teach one to one over Skype in mentorship sessions or in person here on the farm in Hertfordshire. But I wanted to make the knowledge that I've got more accessible for everybody all over the world. If they want to develop their own spiritual evolution, if they want to develop as a medium or a psychic, if they want to learn how to do that ethically and you know, to produce really good results, you know, so when I was working as a medium, I'd be able to produce names, dates, really personal facts, purely from having a connection, 
that function at a really high level. You know, when you're plugging in at the highest level, you are pretty much like a radio. So you are, you know, you don't reach for it. You just receive information and you relay it. Mm-hmm. You are just a channel. And that is what the best mediums do. They don't try hard. They're not trying to pull information out of people psychically. Um, they are just literally being that one step back, that channel for the information. So what I've wanted to do since I stopped doing mediumship readings was to make sure that I pass what I know on to others that do want to do it. You know, that they're maybe at the beginning of their spiritual path, maybe they've been doing mediumship for a while and they feel like they just need something just to take their connection that one step higher and have more clarity mm. and be able to really produce the wow validation that people they always look for in readings right you know i mean the lady that just called in she was probably hoping for a reading and um she would have loved the information that could have come through so there are lots of people out there that want to develop that want to learn and to become a good channel and so i'm developing some online courses so that people can purchase them download them work on them in their own time and then get a certificate at the end of it but most of all they get a ton of good knowledge so that they can actually be such a comfort to people that seek them out mm-hmm. you know I've, I've got a real bee in my bonnet at the moment about how many bad mediums there are out there you know people that are ripping people off mm-hmm. or who believe they're good mediums and they really aren't they're just their imagination's running right and they're not producing the information that people so badly need. Mm-hmm. So that's what's motivating me at the moment. I'm writing lots to, to help teach. I'm putting together, um, sort of making more people aware of the sessions that I do one-to-one, the mentorship. Because everyone's unique. No one develops the same way. No one works with spirit the same way. Everyone is very different. And so I tailor... Generally, when I'm doing a one-to-one session, I will tailor that specifically to that person. Mm-hmm. So the courses are more to get people to the point where they can work out where their strengths lie and they can work out how they want to go ahead and use them or not. Some people just want to know how to control it and switch it off, and I'll be writing mm-hmm. stuff for that too. So that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing there. Um, I've been recording meditations that will be part of that. I've been, and there will be meditations also that you can be able to get them through my website too, you know, singly, not as part of a course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been in creative mode. Um, I've been doing a lot of anxiety therapy as well. Still, people are very much in fear mode at the moment, so I'm helping them to work on their own way to control and level out their anxiety levels, no matter what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm seeing people... I always say people are becoming warriors instead of warriors by the time they've had their session. Um, mm. Because, it, you know, people are, are, are getting fiercer and, and more bold about how they feel about what's going on in the world and how to react to it by the time mm-hmm. they've done the work. A lot of hypnotherapy is involved in that, which is great. So, yeah, it's been a busy time. And I'm absolutely loving the fact that I'm helping people to change their lives for the better. Yeah. You know, what I've always loved about you, Rachel, that, you know, you and I work in a similar way that, 
you know, we want to teach people how to fish. We don't give them a fish. We teach them how to fish so that they can continue on with through, you know, going through their lives. They don't have to come back to us all the time to get help because we teach them how to take that bull by the horns and, and face their fears and, and work through them. You know, we're here for them. If they need us, they can come back. You know, Rachel and I have been working together. You know, I, I she's my coach. I've been working with Rachel now for about a year, and it has been amazing, the support, having that other person who totally understands what's going on and how to support you with complete love. And that is just so exciting to be in, you know, on both sides of it, to, to feel the love coming through from someone that supports you, but to be on that side of being the support and holding that energy for someone else to understand their own power and to actually step into that power. And, you know, every like Rachel just said, everyone is at a different level of their own spiritual development. So you may only need, like, you know, a hand-holding uh, session just a little bit. You may need, like me, you may want to work with, with someone for a long time. Or you may just need a, to listen to a meditation to help guide you how to cut the cords or to clear your chakras or um, to open that door to your mediumship or your clairvoyance or whatever clair you're working with. <laughs> you know, there, to have someone that is working with the higher energy of love to support others is just such an exciting experience and i know rachel's been doing this for a long time and just so wonderful to be able to to be with someone who truly supports you with love and light um you know you were just mentioning about the mediums that um really aren't um working ethically and and just you know providing that information that guidance that our loved ones are giving us um you know we all have that ability to to hear them to understand the guidance we just don't trust it so when you feel when you're just like the lady that called in earlier if you've got a question you're probably already getting the messages you're just questioning on whether they're real or not so when you meet with someone don't tell them everything that you know you feel got is going on. Listen to what they share with you, and when they're really good, they'll answer those questions before you even ask them, because your guides and your angels and your deceased loved ones they know what you want to know, they know what you need to know, and they'll validate what you've been already feeling and and thinking that you're getting from them. They'll validate that through messages with a medium or a psychic, but also just around you that, oh, yeah, you know, seeing things that you know that's a sign that, yes, they're with you and you are on your right path. Rainbows do that for me. When I see rainbows, I know that it's an it's a instant sign that my angels and guides are right here with me, and, um, and I see them all over my house. It's not just outside in the sky. So um, open your heart to those messages, and if you're looking for someone to help you validate, um, Rachel is awesome. 
uh, I'll be getting back to work here sometime this year. <laughs> but and you maybe they'll guide you to someone else, someone that you can trust and who can really support you to move forward in your life. Yeah, it's it's important actually to to be open to receiving um, signs and messages yourself. You know, we don't always need to go and visit a medium or a psychic when our loved ones are sending messengers all the time. Now, for me, you were talking about rainbows there. Um, very shortly after my brother Simon passed away in 1991, we were, you know, I, the doors had just been blown off my ability. I didn't even know I had any up until that point. Um, and I just kept seeing Red Admiral butterflies everywhere. And I remember it was very shortly after he'd passed. There was a Red Admiral butterfly just on the ceiling, upstairs in our house, just mm. from nowhere. And that brought great comfort to me. And wherever I went for the next few weeks, there would be one flying around. It was obviously usually outdoors. Um but wherever I went, it seemed like there was one there. And it became this symbol of, I'm still with you, from him. Mm. And the same happened again a couple of years ago when my um, cat passed away. That night we came to bed. We'd stayed up late because we were really upset. Um, and we came to bed about, I think it's probably about 2 in the morning. And as I got into bed... I laid down and I looked up and there was a red admiral butterfly on the ceiling above the bed. Oh, my. <laughs> it was like, really? Okay. <laughs> You've arrived safely then. Thank you. <laughs> so it was. That was that was his way, our little stat of saying, yep, I got there safely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Here I am. You know, and the, the butterfly is a powerful spiritual reminder that, you know, you cannot die that energy transforms into other energy. You know, the caterpillar has to break itself down to molecular level inside the chrysalis to reform into the butterfly. Now, that's mind-blowing. That transformation of literally becoming soup voluntarily in order to become the butterfly. It's like, (laughs) what? So if that can happen, and then the butterfly, of course, has to struggle greatly to get out of the chrysalis in order for its wings to form fully because if you, you know, people have discovered this, if they try to cut the chrysalis open to help the butterfly out, they think they're easing their struggle they're not, they're actually condemning them to die because the wings can't form unless they're squeezed out through that chrysalis um, so it's a powerful metaphor and always has been for me and I know for a great many people, millions of people all over the world see the butterfly as that literal representation of the transformation from one state of consciousness to another you know i mean i've referred to our bodies many times as the meat suit or a vehicle because that's all it is it's just literally the thing that carries our consciousness around whilst we're here mm-hmm. you know and we our consciousness can't die just because the physical body's decided to that's it no more can't cope off i go and the consciousness leaves and, and takes flight and takes different form. So butterflies are a powerful messenger. Robins as well. I have got a resident robin who lives in the trees right next to my back door. And you look through the door, which is like a, a French door, patio door that opens out. And that robin 
if I'm working with somebody spiritually, if I'm doing healing or a life coaching session, which is really about someone's spiritual evolution, we'll look and that robin will be peering in. It'll be as close to the door as it can be on a little branch, peering in, looking at us. And it's mm. happened so many times. And some people that are listening now have probably been here when that's happened. Because <laughs> it happens so often. But he does. He's, he's always you know, here to say hello, and it's a well-known thing. The robin is always considered to be a little hello from heaven, a little visit from a robin, spirit messenger. Mm. So, you know, it can be anything from flowers. The Victorians as well, they had great belief that certain flowers meant certain things as messages from the other side. So there are so many different signs and messages. For me, it was like pennies and white feathers everywhere. You know, and they still, they do always come up in the strangest of places. You know, I get a lot of email from people saying, oh, I was missing, you know, a loved one and I was thinking about them and then I went to leave the house and there was a white feather on the floor inside the house. And they've done the debunking. They've got no feather down things in the house. There's nothing this feather could have came from that was of this world. And there's that pure white feather just saying hello <laughs> I asked for a white feather one time too I was I was wor- was when I was first learning how to trust working with mm-hmm. my angels and I had been sitting at my computer just writing away you know with get, thinking you know I'm getting messages from the angels and writing them all down and and I asked for them to send me a feather to prove that, that it was real and that mm-hmm. was when we lived in a house with a pool. And I went, um, Jesse was outside cleaning the pool, and I went down there, and and she, I said, I, said, I thought you would have been done by now. And she said, well, I would have been, but all of a sudden all these white feathers were in the pool. And there were hundreds of feathers, white feathers in the pool, and I didn't dare tell her. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I asked the angel to send me a feather because, oh, she really been mad. <laughs> you know, I'll bet, that, I'll bet your dad had a hand in that because it's like, oh, one feather, you say. I don't think so. When my little magic came back, I was trying to figure out what uh, middle name to give him, and I, I, I really wanted to have angel or love or something in his name, and we were out on the deck one day, and there was it was those cottonwood pit puffs, you know, that looked like feathers, and it was they were flying all over their deck. I mean, there were like thousands of these little puffs of feather, and he was chasing them all over the deck. And um, I heard my protector guide, Chief Running Bear, calling him Angel Feather, because when he was, because you know, my little my little poodle passed in December last a year ago. And he came back in March, and when he was in the angelic realm, he used to chase the angel feathers. And so um, Chief Running Bear had started calling him Angel Feather, so that's his middle name now. It's Magic Angel Feather. And he still likes to chase anything that looks like feather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, you never know how things are going to become something simple like that can be such a huge sign to bring you comfort and let you know that you're not alone in this journey you know we sometimes we feel like we are so alone 
Um, I remember as a, a child, we lived on a farm. My dad um, was a, a farmer of cotton and soybeans and, and rice and things like that, and we had, would have to chop cotton in the summer, and he would get us up at, oh, dark 30. Oh, my God, it was awful. And at that time of day, the cotton was always wet and dirty, and ugh, but we had to chop the weeds out. That's part of what we did. And um, <clears throat> I remember uh, going up and down the rows of the cotton field thinking that there was something bigger than us, something us. I didn't realize then that that something bigger was us, but the spirit. You know, like, Rachel, you were just saying about it, the body's just a meat suit. It's just a vessel for our spirit to be in. But I knew even then, because I had a lot of time to think going up and down those rows of cotton, <laughs> that there was something bigger. There was something that was powerful. And my question was always, how can I tap into that? How can I access that? And my human brain always made it hard, and it's not hard. And I know that, you know, those of you listening today that in, you know, maybe you're listening to the recording, that you may be struggling with communicating with that, that something bigger, that higher self, that angelic realm or your guides or your, or your, your deceased loved ones. You can do that, and it's not hard. And Rachel's been t- discussing and sharing with us that she's putting together some programs on how you can learn from the comfort of your own home how to really open your heart to those messages and knowing without doubt that you're not alone and you are so fully supported and loved by multitudes of angels and guides and teachers and all your deceased loved ones. You're not alone and you can hear, experience, know their messages for you to help make your life easier. No, it's so true. I I just want to go back to something you said earlier about, you know, you can give a man a fish and he'll not be hungry for a day. Teach him to fish and he'll never go hungry again. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about mediumship. Now, I honestly believe that we are changing, you know, humanity is changing, you know, the the people on the lower vibrational levels of materialism and anger and, and all of that, they're probably going to sink further into that, and if that's for them, good luck to them. But those of us that do want to connect with something bigger, higher, and we acknowledge that it exists, we can do that for ourselves. You know, we don't have to go and visit someone else and be told secondhand, Mm-hmm. what's happening in, with our loved ones on the other side. I honestly do believe that if I, as a complete sceptic who did not want any of this as a teenager, it wasn't something I went looking for, if I could become the medium that I am now and have that direct line with the higher realms, then anyone can. Seriously. I mean, natural ability... Some people have got the equivalent of like a tiny little stubby aerial. Some of us have got an aerial the size of the Eiffel Tower. But you can develop that ability. You know, what you start with naturally can always be enhanced through education and through repetition and practice. So it's important to me 
that I help people to do that so that they can literally they can tap into that energy and they can sense their loved ones they can have their own signs and messages and they don't need to go and visit someone or call someone up to have that validation they can have their own all of the time mm-hmm. and so by learning how to connect it's so much more powerful to experience something yourself isn't it than being told oh yeah oh yeah <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, when we l- open our hearts to believe that they're really giving us a message, they're really here, they're really guiding us. You know, our our higher self, our our inner light knows. We feel when when uh, we have a loved one who's crossed over their physical body has passed, we know, we feel that they're still here. But the human part of us, that, that consciousness, even though we want, we want to believe, we're going, no, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. But yet we can feel their energy, and we know mm-hmm. they're still here, and we have this inner battle going on sometimes because, you know, as as humans, it's so hard to get our mind around that that death of the physical body. And I think that's because we know they never die, yet our eyes tell us that they have. And you know, when my dad passed <clears throat> and we went to the funeral, well, of course, there was a visitation the night before. And, and I was in there with him, and, and I leaned over and kissed his forehead, and... <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but I was shocked that he, his skin was cold. And it's like, duh, of course it is. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of then, I'd already spoken to his spirit. I knew he was still alive. And yet, here his body was no longer breathing. And it was just really hard to, you know, I've already talked to him. I know he's okay. But... Here is a body that doesn't breathe anymore. And it, it's just so hard for us as humans because we we deal with beginnings and ends of everything. Yet our higher selves, our spiritual selves, the, uh, the angelic realm, there is no end. It's just like trying to get our minds around how many universes there are galaxies there are oh i dip into that quantum physics (laughs) mind-blowing and your brain kind of goes "Uh uh-oh i can't go there i can't figure that out Mm. yeah i do believe that science will catch up one day i do i think that i mean for example try explaining how a microwave works to somebody you know in the 13th century then say you were a witch and burn you or something. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Or a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, when I was a kid in the 70s, if I couldn't possibly have formulated what we use now, the smartphone and what it can do. Um, and yet here it is within our own lifetime. So if we can, if we can have that kind of technological advance, then science will catch up one day and be able to explain all this stuff that is what I like to call other. 
because it defies labeling, it defies categorization. It is what it is. And I think when you when you experience something, and this is me talking on a level where, you know, from my studies of hypnotherapy and, you know, how the mind works with, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. The rational mind is very powerful and it tends to override everything. And usually when there's something negative happening. So that's why when we see a loved one pass, and we see, especially if we, I see, this is the thing, I don't like to go and see people, you know, lying at the chapel of rest, because mm-hmm. it, it, it's not real for me, mm-hmm. because to look at someone, well, you're not looking at someone, you're looking at what's left, it's like looking mm-hmm. at a car that's about to go to the scrapyard, that was the shell, that's not them anymore what animated them, what made them that unique, wonderful person was left the building. That's now over in paradise, having a great time, able to visit mm-hmm. us at will. You know. But to see that vehicle that's been left behind, it just reinforces that part of the rational mind that says, yep, the dead, the god, worm food, that's it, ta-ta. Mm-hmm. See, I don't, I don't like to go and see people at the Chapel of Rest because for me, that complicates things because, like you, I've probably already spoken to them to make sure they've got there, <laughs> they've got home okay mm-hmm. on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so to then go and visit the vehicle that, that they're not in anymore, that, that makes no sense to me on that level because it's not relevant. They're still alive, very much alive. Their consciousness yeah. cannot die. Gosh, I remember when my grandfather passed, we went to, um, <clears throat> they lived in Missouri, and we were actually in Ohio visiting some of Fred's family, and we had to fly into Missouri, and um, I I was I was doing some kind of meditation or something, and we were trying to get ready, and like, you know, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and so Fred was actually ironing my dress because it had gotten squashed in the suitcase, and as he was trying to iron it, the water kept squirting out of the iron onto the dress, and I could hear my grandfather just laughing. And uh, I, Fred's like, I can't get this to work. It just keeps squirting out water. And finally I told him, I said, all right, Grandpa and my dad were together there in spirit. I said, you guys got to go. You just got to go. You got to go somewhere else because Fred's got to get this done. And <laughs> Grandpa said, but men aren't supposed to be ironing. <laughs> so his problem was that Fred was not supposed to be ironing my dress. I was supposed to be ironing my dress. But, you know, Grandpa was from old school. <laughs> and, you know, when I told my grandmother that, because she was grieving, so she was in such grief. But when I told her that, I said, Grandpa was trying to, help Fred iron this morning and I told her what he said and she just laughed because that was exactly who he was. He never ironed anything. Grandma always had to do the ironing and uh here he was making a water spurt out of the iron so that uh it was it was hindering Fred's progress. But you you never know how they're gonna come through and let you know that they're still here and especially when they're laughing, you know. Um mm-hmm. I love that. I love hearing that laughter. Yeah, my um, I've, I've got so many stories about 
people validating that they're still alive after they've passed, just on a personal level from people that you know that we've lost mm-hmm. as a family, you know. And but the, the funniest one, I think I told someone this story the other day actually, um, was when my um, husband's uncle passed away, and it was a very unexpected passing. It was very sudden, and. You know, everyone was taking it really, really hard because of that, because he wasn't very old. And we were at the cemetery, and it was a, it was a, a difficult day. But everyone was leaving. We got in our car to start the car, and it wouldn't start. And there was no reason why the car wouldn't start. It was perfectly fine earlier. So then everyone had left, and we'd got John's brother or two brothers trying to manoeuvre vehicles to, you know, sort of meet up with our car engine so they could put jump leads on and try and jump start the car. And mm-hmm. it was the way the cemetery was, there wasn't enough room for the car, so it was really fiddly and there was about it took about ten minutes just to make the cars go backwards and forwards to get it into the little space and they finally did it. And just as they had raised the bonnet to the cars and were about to connect the cables I heard John's uncle laugh in my head. Mm. And I went, Hush, boys, I'm just going to try something. And I turned the car key, and the car was perfectly fine and roared into life. <laughs> that was just his way of saying, Ah, oh, <laughs> I'm messing with you, I'm here. And it was, but the laugh was so clear. I heard it so mm-hmm. clear as if to say, Haha, I've had my fun now, you can go home. And everyone else had left. It was just us lot there messing around with this car. So they always find a way. My dad mm-hmm. made the CD at the crematorium during his funeral. The people at the crematorium were mortified. Say, I'm so sorry. That's never happened before. You know that's uh, you know that's. And I went, don't worry. It's fine. I know what caused it. <laughs> you know. It's, it's, Dad had already messed with the CD. I think I've already told that story on a previous show. Dad had already messed with us getting that CD um, mm-hmm. with that song anyway. So it was just his way of saying, yep, I'm still doing that now, which is great. <laughs> you, know, you can't make this stuff up. In, in fact, mm-hmm. there was another thing that my dad did, which 100% proved that he was still okay. It was the day after, it was the morning after he'd passed. And we were living in a house. It was me, John, my mum, little brother Tom, and dad. Me and John had our own separate wing of the house. Everyone else had the rest of the house. But we all used to congregate in the huge kitchen, which is about 45 feet long. And there were two doors because it was such a long kitchen. There was a normal back door. And then there was this complicated, ridiculous sliding patio door, which you had to turn a key turn the handle one way then another then you had to pull the door towards you and then slide it across it was so ridiculous none of us could open this door none of us except my dad and because he could he would show up and he would open (laughs) this door so it was like his own personal door and the morning after he passed away that door was wide open my mum came down walked in the kitchen in the morning and screamed and we were like oh god what now well we ran out all of us ran into the kitchen and there was the door wide open now there mm. was a laptop there were handbags there were purses there were valuables on the table within arm's reach 
So, you know, the rational mind, you could say, well, maybe it was someone trying to break in. Good luck trying to get into that door anyway, because it's impossible. <laughs> and plus, all the valuables were there. It wouldn't have taken them two seconds to grab them and run. So that clearly wasn't a break-in. And there was the door wide open. That was Dad saying, well, you lot can't open this. I still can. Look, and I haven't even got arms anymore. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can't make that stuff up. You know, you know that's definitely a sign, an undoubted sign. And Mum's told me as well that sometimes the curtains were drawn in the kitchen. At the end of the kitchen, my Dad used to sit. Sometimes she'd come and those curtains would be drawn when she knew she hadn't drawn them. She shouldn't close them. So, yeah, they do. They can find amazing ways of letting us know that they're still okay and that we shouldn't worry about them. Because they worry about us. You know, this is boot camp. This is hard, living mm-hmm. here, being alive in this body. And it's supposed to be challenging. And so they look after us still. You know, they look after us. They watch over us. They won't do things for us if we're supposed to learn lessons, but they will certainly support us whilst that's going on. And I'm really grateful for all the signs that I get. Really grateful. And if mm-hmm. I can help teach other people to get their own, even better. Yeah, absolutely. And all the things that we're experiencing now with, you know, the fatigue, the the achy joints, mm. the the tr- the transformation of our human bodies to the, to acclimate to that higher vibration of love. We're moving into it. We've been asking for it. Here it is. We need to embrace it, and 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 move into that excitement of these changes and and opening that way to understand more clearly the guidance that our loved ones and our angels and guides are giving us. We're here. We're in, it's now. It's not something that's going to happen in the future it's now and mm. and being able to manifest the things that we want and we're more quickly being able to manifest things we don't want so we really need to be att- attentive to the energy that we're holding and the thoughts that we're creating mm-hmm. I agree you know I think I can't remember how the saying goes attention goes with no energy goes where our attention goes and it's just mm-hmm. very true, you know. If I'm if I'm in a if I wake up in a bad mood, say it's hormonally induced, <laughs> I have a choice. I have a choice then to choose actively to not be like that for the rest of the day. So every time I can feel that rising up, I actively choose to do something that makes me feel better. Whether it's I need to go and make myself a green smoothie. Or need to go do some yoga or meditate for a little while or just look at pretty pictures or watch a favourite episode of a comedy that I love. Whatever I need to do to take myself out of that is a choice. Mm-hmm. And we all have that choice. Moment to moment, day to day. So everybody make good choices. Uh, Rachel mm-hmm. and I, will. we're almost here at the top of the hour, so we'll be back with you on the 16th of February in two weeks and um, really looking forward to seeing you all again so we are here at the top of the hour so everyone have a wonderful wonderful day sending everyone love and light and we'll see you again very soon on the radio love to everyone bye